0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. What he said, and it caught me here, he said that God gave Nehemiah the assignment to uh, restore the tithe and to rebuild the city. And he said the order was first he had to restore the tithe and then build the city. I thought, boy. That was interesting. I asked him afterwards about it. He said, yeah, you caught that. And I believe there's all through scriptures this theme of honoring God first, giving Him the first. And we're going to look this morning at some questions. I want to thank those that gave me questions um, regarding uh, their finances and and tithing and giving. There's a couple scriptures I want to look at first. And I'm going to move quickly. I don't want to get... uh, Stuck in these scriptures, I want to get to the questions. But Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is in this day. We see here a principle that God wants us uh, to increase. He wants us to prosper, but it's with a purpose, I had a person tell me one time that they had all that they wanted. They didn't need to increase. I said, that's selfish because there's people that need, have needs. There's a gospel that needs to be preached that costs money. And they had a, uh, a revelation hit them then. Oh, I should be increasing. I just got comfortable where I'm at. But see, we're to increase... And the Bible talks about we're to be steward, stewardship, or we're to manage. He is the owner of all, and we're to manage the resources he's put in our hands according to his will. We're to manage those things, or we're to increase with a purpose. That's what makes us different than the world. They're increasing, or they want wealth or to prosper for their own purpose. But we have something else behind us. We want to see God's name made famous in the earth. We want the gospel, the good news, to go out and every creature here that Jesus paid the price and died for them and they can experience salvation and be free from that law of sin and death and know the freedom that's in Christ Jesus and be a part of his family. We want that message to go forth, but it costs money. I mean, no, it costs money. So we are to have a purpose in in getting treasure. In Philippians 4.15, it says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once again for my necessities, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Now, this is Paul, and he's saying, this church, uh, the Philippian church, sent an offering to him. And then, you know, you think his response would be, well, thank you. But really, his response is, I seek not a gift. I just want fruit to abound to your account. And when you think about this, they just spent money, they just emptied some out of their account and gave Paul money, yet he says there will be an increase to your account. My question would be, what account is that? I just took money out to give you. I just took money out to give you an offering. What account is he talking about? Well, in the Not my my message off. I'm going to have to watch. <laughs> it's a little private joke between Charles and I. As he sent, sent me a note and I hit it. Okay. <laughs> it says, uh, there's the okay, count. And, and Jesus gives us in Matthew six nineteen. he tells us, Or opens up what this is. What this account is that he's talking about. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. Where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Now I've heard this talk many times. That. Do not lay up treasures on this earth, but they leave out for yourselves. And that's very key. Don't lay up treasures on this earth for yourself. Have a greater purpose. Lay up treasures on this earth, but not for you, but for him. Doesn't mean that you don't plan and lay up retirement And you do planning, you're to do those things. The scriptures talk about doing those things, being wise. But we're not to just pile up, see how much money we can pile up, how much we can get treasures on this earth. That's not our motive. We're to lay up treasures in heaven. Or in other words, you're to have two accounts: an earthly account and a heavenly account. You have two accounts. And when you give from your earthly account and you give to God and you give an offering, you give your tithe, your offering, what are you doing? You're taking from one account and putting it in another account. You're taking it from your earthly account. You're making a withdrawal and you're making a, a deposit in your other account, your account in heaven. Now, how many know... That your treasures here on this earth can be stolen. Moth, rust, taxes, decay, inflation, unwise economic decisions, mismanagement, your company goes out of business. All these things can happen to you. But the good news for us as Christians, we're to have another account. We're to have a heavenly account. Well, Pastor, I need a withdrawal on my other account then. How do I get a withdrawal? Just like this. How did you put it there? By faith. Faith put it there. How do you make a withdrawal? By faith. What's truly sad for a Christian is to be broken their earthly treasury, that account, but to be broken their heavenly account also. And it's interesting, most theologians believe that Jesus was talking and preaching here about first fruits or the tithe, because they they would take this directly back to Malachi and to uh, Proverbs chapter three, where honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase, so that your barns will burst forth. You'll be you have more than enough. And the enemy, the devourer, cannot steal. Talking about lay up treasures. Give to God first. Honor Him. And that account, now Jesus gave us some very staggering information about our heavenly account. He said, by the way, this account, it pays 30, 60, 100 fold. He said, there is some unsecure accounts. It's called the earthly treasure. Things could be stolen there. But there is another account that you as my child can have. And every time that you give, every time that you tithe, that you give an offering, that you're generous, it goes into that account. And there is no moth and there is no rust. There is no inflation There's nothing that can steal. There is no enemy that can steal it. It's a secure account. The streets there are paved in gold. The streets here are paved with asphalt. Some of them. Here is an unsecured account. There is a secure account. It's safe. Even in the times of economic crisis, you can draw from that account. Hallelujah. That's the reason that's exciting for me and those that are tithers and givers. It's fun to give. It's fun to tithe. It's fun. You know what warms your heart when you're a giver is to give. It's so much fun to give. And the blessed people it says, don't lay up treasures for yourself. And uh, I hear stewardship language in all this, you know. Uh, he's the owner of everything. We're the stewards of it. Your stewardship over every area of your life. It, it actually says in scriptures, when you steward or manage correctly, God will bring increase into your life. Cornelius, he gave before he was saved. Remember, he gave memorial. It said that it it built a everlasting memorial in heaven before God. His giving was so extravagant before he got saved. It got the attention of God that God sent an angel. (laughs) Giving... Gets the attention of God. He's not going to let you go under. He's a good father. Now if you have kids in here. It changes everything when you have a child. And you think how much you love them. And you want them blessed. God's a better father. He loves them more than you. Let me read this. First Timothy six uh, eighteen. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. You get the satisfaction of obeying God and and making funds available for physical and spiritual needs. But at the same time, you are putting into your heavenly account treasure. What what a God we serve. You cannot help giving. Whatever you give, He just gives it back more to you. So I've got some questions here. Number one, should I wait to start tithing until we get all our debts paid? This is a a common question. It's kind of like, should we have a baby when our whole world is perfect? (laughs) No, you don't want to wait. I believe that you need supernatural help to get out of that bondage. The Bible calls it a bondage I believe you need God's help to get out of it. You need to renew your mind. You need to get practical instruction. It's like uh, Dr. Leon was saying, it's the renewal of of the mind, not the removal of the mind. Ever know some Christians that get saved and they they don't use their mind anymore? God did give you a mind. You need to get, and we have a few more of them left, the Dave Ramsey uh, book, and you need to go through it. There's some practical steps. You know, the Bible talks about those that oppose themselves. It's not the devil doing it. It's not God doing it. It's your unwise spending decisions, no budget. You do it to yourself. Would God be for me? If if God be for you, is God for everybody? God loves everyone, but is he for everyone? Let me ask you this way. Is God for the proud? The Bible says he he resists the proud. He's opposed to the proud. We need to get on his page. We need to line up with him. He is God. Last time I checked. He's God. So we get on his agenda. So you need to look. Dave Ramsey said 80%... It's 80% cheaper to eat at home than to eat out. Yet, I've seen people, that oppose themselves. They're eating out all the time. And they're struggling. They're in debt. It's healthier too to eat at home. Yes, it's more labor intensive. I know that. But it pays off. He said, I, I like he, he says, if you're in debt, you should not enter into a restaurant while you're in debt unless you work there. <laughs> now, he's extreme. I'm just, I'm just telling you. He means getting after it. And I, I think you can, uh, you know, occasionally. But the thing is, we go to, we'll start going all the time. We don't know when to stop. Vacation is not a necessity. Cable TVs not a necessity. You will not die without cable TV. Oh man, such great wisdom this morning. I, I'm just. <laughs> Christmas, you know, make some cookies. Well, they're not going to like it. Well, they're not paying your bills. Just make some good cookies. Make <laughs> like those good old homemade cookies. Birthday presents. That's another place. I actually heard of a couple that spent over 1,000 dollars on their what the, their one-year-old baby They're in debt. They oppose themselves. They're just taking their foot and just stomping. Baby doesn't know. Oh, never mind. Okay. So get get after it, you know, get get out get out of debt. <laughs> Number two, should the husband always handle the finances? Yes. If he's better at it. If she's better at it, let her do it. I've shared this before. You know, I had a great awakening. Uh, Ellen's doing the finances. I'm saying, where's the money going? I look back on it. I was probably almost accusing her, you know, running off or something. You're embezzling money. What are you doing here? Where's the money? All this money I'm making, I'm slaving, I'm working. You know, where's the money? And her in her loving way said, you do it. <laughs> me? Me? I'm working all the time. I thought I have time for this. <laughs> you know what? The light bulb came on. I said, where the money goes? <laughs> Forgive me. How did you ever manage? How did you do this? <laughs> Whoever is the best. But you need to communicate. Need to have a budget. You Need to sit down. Uh, it, who is best at should be taking care of it. But sit down and get understanding. You know where the money's going because it's important. Money is spiritual. Money affects your life. So you need to you need to have that talk. Uh, number three, my wife and I have separate bank accounts. Is this wrong? You know, I really can't draw a. a particular scripture, but I do think it's this is becoming common by the way too, especially if it's a second marriage. And this is my my take on that. I think it's dangerous when you say my money or your money. I think it's supposed to be our money. I think when you get married you become one. Yeah, I think it's it should be one one account. Now there might be reason if there's an in-home business or something, it might be a case to have another account. But me, I think you should have one account and be managing that, that money together. Do I need to make up for lost tithe or the past where I didn't tithe? Yes, the law says you pay 20% interest. But under grace, no. Just take a fresh start. Just begin fresh. That's what grace does. Aren't you glad for grace? 20% interest and all. No. No. Now don't say, I'm going to skip a couple months and then I'm going to start back fresh. You need a heart check. (laughs) I think you're opposing yourself. There's some deception going on there. (laughs) Now, this is a really good question. Why does the New Testament say little about the tithe? And and let me say this. Just because the New Covenant says little about something doesn't mean it's not important. There's very, very little said about the virgin birth. How many know that's extremely important? Extremely important. So... That's not the way to gauge things. We do know that in Matthew 23 23, Jesus endorsed the tithe. We do see in Hebrews 7, where it's talked about that Jesus receives in heaven. Notice where he receives the tithe from. It says that here mortal men receive the tithe, but there is witness that he lives. This is after the resurrection that he took that priesthood, that he lives, that he receives the tithe. He receives it into the heavenly account. And he takes it and honors God. Now, if the tithe was not for today, (laughs) someone forgot to send Jesus the memo. Because Hebrews says he's up there receiving something that we're not supposed to practice anymore. I like that I just saw that one okay so uh, here's here's a key I think to to really help us understand. I'm not going and and talk about the tithe we We do know that Jesus after the order of mechizedek he is patterned or he is a high priest after that pattern, and we look and see what Abraham did. Abraham gave to Melchizedek a type of Jesus. Gave us 10% of increase. That is what goes through the cross. Because that's what we're told in the new covenant. That's our pattern to take. Now you need to be glad. Because if you. He didn't tithe 30%. Do you know what tithing under the law was? 30%. What came through the cross. Is. 10%. Not 30. 10%. That's the reason it gets me when I see ministers on TV. And they'll go back to the law. They'll go back to a feast and say, you've got to give on this certain date. Do these seven things and then God will bless you as you give to my ministry. I immediately turn the channel. (laughs) Because I'm not under the law. It's a grace tithe now. I choose because he's blessed me. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, a type of Jesus, because Melchizedek first blessed him. He responded to God with the tithe. We respond to God because we've been blessed in Christ Jesus. We've been blessed with every blessing that pertains to life and godliness. You've been blessed What's my response? To honor Him with the tithe. So you see these ministries going back to the law. Do this, do this. That didn't come through the cross. What came through the cross was the pattern of Melchizedek. Alright, the things that come through the cross that changed are explained in the new covenant. The things that come through the cross that are changed are explained in the New Covenant. And once you get this understanding, it changes a lot of things. One of the things was sacrifices. Aren't you glad we do not go look for our pet sheep to sacrifice? That's the reason God had my wife Ellen born in such a time as this. She probably died and gone to hell. I don't I can just see her arguing with God. I'm not gonna kill the sheep. No, nah, nah. <laughs> the sacrifice has changed. Said there's one sacrifice now, once and for all. Amen. So we don't kill the animals. <laughs> Some other animal lovers there. What about priesthood? Said the priesthood changed. And it explains all through Hebrews that we have a new priest, priesthood. It changed. So it is explained. Let me tell you something that I consider very important, but it's hardly ever mentioned in the New Covenant. Praise and worship. You ever think about when we teach on praise and worship, we go back to the Old Testament? It didn't change. So you use what's been written. It hasn't changed. He did say he's restoring the tabernacle of David. So you can go back and look at the tabernacle of David and you can see. That's where he, all the instruments and all that. It doesn't say that in the New Covenant. But how many know praise and worship this? Wow. So, so important. So we look at the scriptures, and those things that are changed are explained. The things that come through the cross that are not changed are not explained. That's the reason when you you see tithing, details, you go back to the Old Testament. But really, all those are are shadows. I had a, a guy tell me there's 17 different first fruit offerings 17, take your pick, which one you going to do. But, and you do these offerings, you do a wave offering, you do a peace offering, you, do, you know, all these offerings. But what came through the cross? What came through the cross was your first 10% to honor and respond to the blessing of God, to worship Him as Abraham did. And then Jesus explains giving. And now we don't have to go around waving your offering. It's okay to do it if you want to do it. But you don't have to do it to get blessed. You don't have to do a peace offering. You can just forgive someone. You know you don't have to go get a sheep and sacrifice it when you offended your brother. You don't have to do that anymore. It's just simply giving. Said so when you when you give, I'll bring increase. And we can look, you can go and look at the historical records of the church. And you can see that this principle was there. We have writings of those who were mentored by the apostles. We have writings about them. And you know what they said? They said that the church never ceased to teach about tithing. But tithing was just a starting point. It was just a starting point. They were taught to give Above. That's what we have in the new covenant. Tithing is a start and give above. Number six, my husband doesn't want me to tithe. What should I do? And this is, you know, either, either spouse. Because really, you know, it says that the wife is to submit um, to her husband. But the verse before that says you're who submit to each other in the reverence of God, in the fear of God. So really, it should be a place you come and you, you talk. You just say, can I give a, a portion? Can I do this? And just talk and, and tell them, share your heart about it. But I don't think that you should practice deception and, and do, you know, tithe behind their back and that type of stuff. I believe there should be uh, agreement in the house. Pray for them. And God will give you ways to, to give. He'll give you ways to serve. He'll give you ways. But He knows your heart. And, and prayer works. Pray for that person. Pray for that, uh, that spouse. And, and most of the time it is, uh, you know, the husband. Number seven, do I bring all my tithe to the church? Or can I give the, some of it to missions? Well, uh, another question. You know, the storehouse and the majority, overwhelming majority, say the storehouse would represent the New Testament church. It's where you fellowship. It's where you get support. It's where you get pray. That's where they marry you, bury you. Uh, it's, it's the family of God. And once again, we can call on church historical records. This is what they did. The, the, the tithe went to the local church. Out from it. Offerings. It was given the different ministries that that went forth. Now, I've heard people say, Well, I feel sorry for the traveling minister. Don't feel sorry. They get from all the churches they go to the ones I know are abundantly blessed. Abundantly. How to Well, I don't understand. They use their faith just like anyone else. When it said Paul received the offering, what we read earlier from the Philippian church. You know what he said? When you read after that, I have no need. All my needs are met. (laughs) I didn't ask for this offering, but to lay to your account. (laughs) And he says, and my God shall supply all your need, just like he has mine, will supply all your need. But see, we got less than, we got 2.5% of Christians tithing. 95% of the ministries are supported by the tithers who tithe to their church and give offerings. See, the people tell me, I want to tithe to my church. I find that they're not tithing anywhere. They're not giving. Okay. Okay. Should I tithe uh, on my tax return? Well, that depends. <laughs> depends if you tithe on, on the gross, you've already tithed on it. So no, if you haven't, you tithe on it. Uh, if you have tithe on it, put it on bills. Or, or that could be a seed that you sow. Just be wise. Should I tithe on the gross or the net? Get this a lot. And usually there's very little difference between the two. The only thing I would say, if you're a farmer, and maybe I'd say you're, you bring in 100,000, but your profit from that is 40,000. Do you tithe on the 100,000? Or the 40? I believe you tithe on the 40. What's in your hands? Because that was expense, even though that money came in. So in a sense, that would be on the net not the gross. But I I think I I tithe on the gross. I don't think it's that much, you know, money about it. I want to give to God first even uh taxes, you know, what Caesar calls for. I want to give to God first. I have a retirement fund that comes out of my paycheck. Should I change this to the tithe first? No. I mean, if you have, and four or five people ask this, if you have a 401k or something coming out automatically, uh, no. Don't change that. God knows your heart. You're not trying to pull something on Him. Just go ahead and let that go. Just tithe on it and go from there. You know, we can get legalistic about this. This is a hard issue. It's a spiritual thing. And we only get... You know, legalistic about, about it. God yeah, knows your heart. This is a, a bonus question. I, I really got a kick out of this. Do I tithe if somebody buys me lunch? No. We don't want to get weird. We don't want to go around with a calculator. What are you doing? I'm figuring out if I'm going to give to God. this. How much was that meal? (laughs) Do you tithe if somebody gives you a gift? Well, no. I mean, you don't know what they paid for. What'd you pay for that? Where'd you buy it? Did you get it on sale? Are you giving me the right price? I got tithe on this. No. No. (laughs) Now, personally, if somebody gives me money, even if it's Christmas, I receive money. That's something just God has in my heart. I tithe on it because I have control over it, you know, and I can do it. So I I take that, and I will tithe on a birthday present or, you know, something comes that way. But no, no, this this is a heart thing, a spiritual thing, and you honor him. You put him first. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I thank you for this family. I thank you for the love of God, Lord, that you you love us all. And Lord, you've called us to be wise, to be good stewards, to to manage what you placed in our hands well, Lord, in every area of our life. And God, finances are included in that. And God, we, we want to be those that honor you and bless your name and give you praise. there's anyone here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, why well, you just slip your hand up I'm going to ask you to come down. We're just going to pray together. Or maybe you need to get right with God today. You realize that you haven't been right. That your relationship with Him has been lukewarm. It's been cold. We're going to pray together. You can get in on this prayer too. That's you. Let's pray. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me who took my debt and paid it in full. Thank you Lord for loving me. Going to the cross I believe and receive you as the Lord of my life. My Lord and Savior fill me with your Holy Spirit that I will be empowered to live this life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at MidSouthHarvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 1573. Or toll free at 866-383-8277.